everyone. Welcome to The Travel Coach, Moving Body, Mind and Spirit. My guest today is an artist and art therapist, born in San Francisco, but living in Vienna. At the age of 25, she sold her 66 Ford Mustang to finance her 90-day Eurel trip through Europe. She believes that being a world traveler opens up your senses for new perspectives, increases your ability to go with the flow of life, and opens doors which you may have never imagined. Her motto is, travel is life-changing, and today we are going to understand why. Kathy Ahorn, welcome to The Travel Coach. Hi, Sonia. Thank you so much for having me tonight. It's my pleasure. You're so welcome. I'm looking forward to hear more about this 90 days trip you did in Europe. But before that, I would like to get started. If you can tell us more about your relationship with travel growing up. What's your um, memories of this phase of your life? Um, when I was a child, we went to the same place every summer and it was beautiful. It was up in the Sierra Nevada mountains, a place called Feather River Park Resort. And um, we went fishing and hiking and bicycling and swimming. And it was a really fun family time. We stayed in log cabins and lots of our cousins came up at the same time. So it was really time to just hang out with cousins. And as we got older, we brought friends and um, it was really fun, but we didn't leave California much. We went, we went to Mexico once and we went to Canada once. Um, and otherwise we were pretty much in the state of California. Um, we did go to Hawaii once, which was lovely and to the East coast. And that was later when I was in college, we went to visit my brother who was living outside of Boston. So I didn't really see much of the world until I sold my Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a lovely story. So I, t I said at the beginning in your introduction that you are artist and art therapist. So when did you realize you were an artist? Is something that um, was uh, in you when you were a child? And how this relates with travel? Um, well, yeah, I definitely was an artist as a child. I mean, in kindergarten, elementary school, and even in high school. And when I thought about what I should study in college, I was really torn between psychology or, um, or art. And then I thought, I just, I have to do this. And asked my parents and they were like, ah, go ahead and have fun now. You have to do something else when you're an adult anyway, <laughs> which is ironic because I'm really an artist. <laughs> And um, that was wonderful. That was in Santa Barbara. Um, and, and then I went on to study um, art, um, interior design in San Francisco. And studies, I saw so much art and architecture. I just knew I had to get to Europe because all of our slideshows, all of our books, the photos, everything was in Europe. And I wanted to see it live. Yeah, so when you saw all these amazing architecture and things we have in Europe, you, you, ha you got this desire to travel even yeah. more, right? You were explaining at the beginning that you were, didn't see much, despite the memories looks um, for what you said, very happy memories, but you didn't see much of the world. So that yeah. was the moment that you said, I have to see this in, with, my, with my very eyes, yeah? Yes, exactly. So this was a thought, it was a desire, but do you remember... When was the first time you expressed it verbally? Who do you tell this desire that wanted, you wanted to realize this? 
Um, actually, the first person I told, I think, was my fiance at the time uh, in, when I was in college. And, um, and I said, I have to get to Europe. And, and he said, no, I don't want to go. And you can't go without me. And I think I believed him for like five minutes. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm going. And then I talked it up with um, the second person I told was another artist, uh, an art student who had been my roommate. And she was studying at UC Berkeley. And we decided when she graduates and I graduate, we're going to go. Um, and then should I tell that part of the story? So you were what age? You were early 20s, yeah? In that moment? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So your fiance at the time said, no, you, you don't go. I don't want to go, but you cannot go with me. Yeah. But you didn't accept that answer. No. In fact, that was, that was pretty much the end of that relationship. <laughs> oh, no, Roy. <laughs> well, you know, you can't tell a person that they have to stay in, a, in, yeah. in no, place. That's, so. That was a right. sign that something was not, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was good. Uh, and then, so my girlfriend and I saved, we were saving money. Um, should I tell about that part? So you found, yeah, you found a, a friend who said that they will join, yes? Yeah. So What was friend, the preparation of this, the planning of this trip? Um, well, like I got a big map of Europe and I looked into Eurail passes. And in those days, you, um, you know, you didn't have the internet. You had to go actually to a travel agency and get information that way or call, make phone calls and things. And I just started talking it up to people and really great offers came in. Like I was managing an art store at the time and some of the students were like, oh, you know, my mom's from Germany. Do you want to come over to our house and look at some photos or, and she'll tell you where to go. And another girl said, oh, uh, my mom's best friend lives in London. Do you want to stay with her for free? And I was like, okay. Wow. And so these great, it's like once I decided I was going to go, the, just the world opened and the opportunities came. It was amazing. Imagine, yeah. it, it, because we are talking in a moment in life that we didn't have the internet available. So it was not that easy to plan yeah. and search, right? Exactly. It's not like this that we could just talk, you know, to each other. Yeah. yeah and it's changed a lot. Yeah. And then a big stumbling step was my girlfriend called me, um, I don't know, I think it was just a few weeks before departure. And she said, I'm so sorry, I have to cancel. I'm in credit card debt, I can't come. And I was like, no. And I mean, I had already sold my car, bought my Eurail ticket, my plane ticket. I had quit my job as manager. Um, I, was st I still had to come back, you know, so I only had the summertime because um, I just had, I had 90 days summer break because I had to come back and finish studying. And I'm like, no, I can't go. And then I woke up the next morning and I thought, wait a second, I'm ready. I'm prepared. I'm going. <laughs> okay, and okay, okay. <laughs> wait, 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 because that's, that's impressive. So you didn't have, you know, resources, not even internet to search. And then suddenly you were sharing that you were determined, you're going to go with this friend. People mm -hmm. starting helping you. That, yes. they, you know, telling you about this, my aunt is here, my family member is there, my friend is there. So helping yes. you in this adventure, people were so excited for you. Yeah, yeah. People and you were, were excited, really excited that you just quit your job, you sold your <laughs> car, you said, I'm yes. going. So yeah. you were already there. And last minute, this friend that you were relying in, in the friend that to go together for 90 yeah. days trip in Europe, early 20s, yeah. never travel out of the US. Yeah. And the friend said, sorry, I cannot come. So the first reaction 
was like, now what are you going to do? How did you react to this news that your friend told you? Uh, well, it was interesting because I actually just thought, well, oh, then I can't go. That was my first reaction because I thought of it as just like, I don't know, a young woman can't travel alone. I and mean, this is going back sometime, you know, mm -hmm. so nowadays I think that's really common that women travel alone much more often, any age. But then it was kind of revol revolutionary. I mean, my mom was freaked out, you know, <laughs> people were like, what? You're going to do that? You know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I knew I had already planned it. I mean, I had a map on the wall and I had pins all over all the destinations where I wanted to go. So, uh, yeah, so. <laughs> you were determined, whatever it takes, I'm gonna do it. You had already in your mind, so exactly. you had to, to make it happen. So I would like if you can tell us a bit more because for many people, this, this situation would just make the decision to say, okay, um, I cannot make, I cannot go alone. So if this happened, maybe it was not meant to be, you know, or find other reasons why they just give up on this dream or, or this adventure and just say, okay, maybe next time, maybe next year. So I would like to, if you can share, if there is anybody who is in this situation or can be in the future, what was actually going on in your mind and how did you get to overcome this fear? Um. Well, I think the fear, it, it wasn't really mine. It was everyone else's, you know? And so once I processed it and thought about like, wait, this is my dream. I want to do this. Whether my girlfriend can or wants to do it or not, or, you know, if I have to do my dream alone, then I guess I do. And so that was really, that was life-changing in and of itself to just say, I'm doing this no matter what anyone else says and whether or not someone can join me. And of course, it would have been amazing to do a trip like that with a good friend. Um, but so many doors were open to me because I was traveling alone. You know, it okay. was, so it was amazing. And so I don't know that it wasn't, it really took me about 24 hours. Like I remember waking up in the morning going, wait a second, I can go and I'm ready and I'm going to go. Yeah. And then my mom and dad were like, oh, no. <laughs> Then they were really scared. <laughs> That's amazing that you said you, you didn't have this fear. It was fear that other people projected on you or beliefs that you believed that you could not do it because you were a, a woman traveling alone, you know? In, oh, and in... I had had no experience. I mean, I didn't even, the only train I had gone on um, was like the BART train. It's like public transportation from the suburbs into San Francisco. And that's so easy. There's like one line, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, I yeah. didn't, I didn't know. So, and I was so fortunate to get that opportunity to stay the first three weeks in London in a household um, with a bunch of English speaking people from all over the world. And this, the, the owner of the house was from America. So she sounded like I did. Her daughter was um. born there and was like seven and she spoke very beautiful British English. And there was somebody from Wales there and somebody from, I think, New Zealand, people renting from her. And it was just um, a perfect start because I could leave my backpack there. Just I would leave the house with my map and my book and and then figure out the trains, you know, the subway system, the underground. And, and so it was a perfect, you know, step into this is how you travel. And I could go home at night and talk to people. And that was nice. That was a really great way to start. 
So you got also help in the destination. People was explaining what you need to do, where to go. Let's see if now it's better. <laughs> okay, can you see? Can you hear me? Now I hear you better. Yeah. Okay, so I'm actually I went to the window and the, um, there are more bars. The, the interconnection. I see. Okay. It's like okay. Standing partly outside the window and it's working better now. <laughs> no worries. So you were explaining. I was telling you that uh, you know what's curious to hear that um, for an English speaker person also is uh, challenging the language because usually it's about uh, you know other languages outside yeah. of English, but it yeah. was very interesting your story with within English also there is, uh, you know, misunderstanding and, and funny coincidences. Yeah. And then you were telling me about your friend that you were moving after London. Where did you go? Um, that we went to Belgium and then through Germany together. And, and that was really nice to just um, travel with someone who had been an experienced traveler and, you know, like look at train schedules together and then move on. And then he left, he flew out of Munich. And from there I was on my own, but not really because then I took a train to Vienna and Vienna was just amazing. I fell in love with Vienna. Um, and here I met with also a young person my age who had been in California and we had stayed in touch and I got to go and stay at her apartment and she was a student. And so I met all of her student friends and I got to see her band play. And I, I got stuck in Vienna for a whole week, you know, instead of two nights. because I was just like, oh, I love it here. And then, um, yeah. And then I went on to uh, Salzburg uh, where I met up with, I did the sound of music tour as every American does. <laughs> and I met up with a woman from Wales who I had met in London. And then we camped out there. That was really fun. Uh, and then I went on through Italy and through Greece and then returned back. Mm, I can't remember the exact order. <laughs> I was also in Paris. Um, and that was uh, my... Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, anyway, so it, it was quite amazing. And when I was traveling alone, which was most of the time, I stayed in youth hostels and met lots of Canadians and Americans, and that was fun too. <laughs> okay, so you were learning from all these people who were already experts that you said that they traveled before and they explained you about the schedule of the trains and all this. So I suppose you were like absorbing everything and say, wow, that's amazing. And then I can do it on my own as well because you saw it doing it and this gave you more confidence. Yes, definitely. And, uh, um, And then it became like, I became one of the experts. I would get out at the train station and someone would say like, oh, can you help me find the, the youth hostel? And I'm like, yeah, follow me, you know? I mean, when no, you're on, imagine. Yeah, when you're on the road for 90 days, it's really like you just build up confidence with each day, you know? And mm. it was amazing just to wake up in different cities and and go at my own pace, you know, walk to the next museum or along a river or just admire the architecture and sometimes meet people and sometimes just hang out by myself. It was really wonderful. Did you feel at any point lonely or scared or it was easy mm -hmm. from the beginning to the end? No, one time, uh, two times. Once on a night train, um, through Italy and a really scary man got into our wagon and there was one other woman there and uh, like it was for six people and 
it was just his energy. It was so, like, was my whole body was just on alert. And I'm like, and so I elbowed this woman next to me and we whispered and we agreed one of us would stay awake the whole time and the other would watch him. <laughs> and we did that just the in whole case. Night. <laughs> and, and then the other time I kind of lost it. I was returning from Greece. I hadn't slept much because um, I had like, you know, first done the Corfu, then Athens, then Santorini. And then I was on my way back and I didn't find anybody just to talk with along the way. And I was on the ship, you know, just uh, on deck. And so not really sleeping. And then when I returned to Italy, I was so exhausted. I got in late at night and I couldn't find the youth hostel. And I used my, I had an emergency credit card and that was my one night. I went to a hotel. Okay. <laughs> and, I called, and I called my mom. I think it was the first time in like 60 days that she had heard from me. And I was like, mom, I'm so tired. <laughs> and she was just like, oh, I miss you. And she's like, go to sleep. And I think I slept for 14 hours in this really comfy, you know, cozy bed, not a youth hostel room with, with 10 other people. But it was, that was my one really like restful night of sleep. You need and it, after, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Sometimes we, we want to check so many things and visit so many things that we don't take the time to rest and really spend one proper, you know, relaxing and just yeah, recharging batteries. You mentioned earlier that you fall in love with Vienna. You were already looking forward to this place. Uh, you discovered it and you fall in love when you saw it for the first time. How was this? Well, you know, I, I knew about the secession movement and I wanted to see the secession building and I wanted to see Klimt and I, there was so much I wanted to see here, but it was really the people. I met such great mm -hmm. Austrian people and, um, and then I wanted to come back and see them. And um, so I did, actually, I, I journeyed all the way to Greece and then all the way back up. And before I flew back out of London, I came to Vienna and spent another week. And then um, when I finished my studies, I came back. <laughs> so. so you finished the, the 90 days trip. Well, before finishing the trip, if you had to just take a snapshot of one moment of that trip, what this would be? Um, um, I think being in Santorini and riding a moped all over the island and just seeing the really unique, you know, the white painted architecture with blue and looking at the ocean and just thinking like I'm so far away from home and it's, I feel so safe and it's so amazing, you know, I think that would be the most spectacular moment. The moment. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. So you Thank were back you. home after 90 days yeah what what happened when you were back home what was different well everything was different <laughs> um i was still like in a different mode I, w i had slowed down a lot like my pace was i was much more present i would say um and i remember going to a friend's wedding and i i just wasn't quite there it was beautiful and everything it was great to see people but i was still like my like half of me was still in Europe you know <laughs> so yeah and then that semester I was still wearing my like you know grubby cut off jeans and my tank top and really in my head my long like well my hair actually kind of looks like it does now <laughs> that's what it looked like after backpacking <laughs> so I'm back into this now <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I was just like 
you know, I remember at work, they said, could you dress a little bit nicer? The customers are talking. And I'm like, oh, am I not dressing nice? <laughs> okay. So it took me a while to get back into my reality, you know, the way I was supposed to be doing things. But yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so what, do you think you were different? Uh, your mindset just was, uh, you know, um, growth from that experience and then That's why you didn't fit there, or how do you can explain that? Um, yeah, I think I became more of, of an individual, like I was more my authentic self, whereas before I was still really trying hard to like, you know, kind of doing what society expected, you know, you get good grades in high school and get into a good college and you do all of these steps and you get your first job and I did all this and um, I was proud of myself and also I felt like there was something missing. And after this, I was like, ah, I knew there was more to this world, you know? Mm. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was um, really life-changing. That's so, so the awareness that you got that you didn't know before, because we yeah. don't know what we don't know, right? So until you yeah. go and you see it with your eyes and say, there is more. Yeah. So what did you do? Um, well, I graduated and then I moved to Vienna in January <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I started to learn German, you know, I, I didn't even speak German. I took Spanish in high school. Um, so I didn't, learn, I didn't even know what Danke meant, you know, that means thank you. Um, so that's pretty funny that I live here. Um, and so you can learn a language when you're 25. Don't everyone, any, ever let anyone tell you that you cannot learn a new language. You can, you, of course. You can at any age. <laughs> At any age, exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you travel, the immersion of uh, when you are in the country is much easier than just in a school and, yeah, facilitates yeah. things. So you moved to Vienna and you felt at home or it was a shock, cultural shock? How was the mm -hmm. integration? Um, I actually was very lucky because I got to live with a friend. Um, who I had kind of dated the summer before. And I had that same group of friends who were so nice to me in the summer before. Um, and they were so kind, they just integrated me into their group. So I had in the daytime, all of these other foreigners like myself um, who were trying to learn German. But I had the, you know, I was so lucky. I got to go home uh, and be with Austrians and learn the language that way too. And And they helped me find work and, you know, it, it was really amazing. And then just when I thought I was going to go home, my, my parents came to visit and my brother. And when they came, I met my husband. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so That's... like, who knew? And that was yeah. like my plans as a child. I like, you know, I really thought, okay, I'm going to live in the same city where I grew up. I'm going to do exactly what my parents did. You know, all the same things because I didn't have a bigger picture. Of course. And so I think travel just opens up your mind, you know, gives you different if, options. Imagine if you decided at that moment that your friend told you, I'm not coming. You said, okay, I don't know either. You would be explaining all this, right? <laughs> I know. And you don't That's know true. until you connect the dots looking backwards. You don't know before all that you are mm -hmm. missing. By the yeah, way, what happened with that friend? Was Was he, she jealous when you explain all the stories? What happened? Um, I, yeah, I, I get to see her when I'm in California sometimes. 
Uh, oh, that's good. She's doing well, and yeah, she's she's a good friend still. So. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. So you are now in Vienna. Yeah, happily so married. I, yeah, so I live in a little village outside of Vienna. It's about thirty minutes from the center of Vienna, and it's called Sultan Wienerwald. And I'm here in my studio, um, where the internet connection is very bad, <laughs> and yeah. it's beautiful here. <laughs> And um, we have Beautiful. lots of great, Kathy, great hiking trails. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story. That was so inspiring and motivating. Thanks, so thank you for that. You know that I love collecting hidden gems around the world. So I will not let you go until you share with us that place, area, region, in the place you are that you would like to share with us that is a must to visit. Okay, well, I... I like things off the beaten path and I would recommend that you come to Sultz in Wienerwald. You can even take the bus from Vienna, the 255, if you don't have a car, and hike um, up to Schöpferhütte and there's a beautiful view of Schneeberg, the snow mountain. Um, and there you can just stop and have a rest and then continue on and hike to Hüllenstein. And there, um, if they're open, you can buy food or something to drink. Um, but it's just like a great goal because it's like at the top of the mountain and with beautiful views in every direction and then hike back down. And our village has some actually amazing restaurants. Um, Stockerviert is my favorite. Um, com. I'm pretty sure. Is the, and um, another fav new favorite of mine is Die Vöglerin. And I have an exhibit there right now of 15 paintings of mine. And that's in the neighboring village. So, and if you come visit my studio it's um on top of the Raiffeisen bank and you can even do art with me so come yeah. to Salt. my studio is at uh, Hauptstrasse 210 on top of the Raiffeisen bank so i would love <laughs> i would love to visit you of yes, course yes please sonia come you have to <laughs> and, and tell us more if somebody wants to contact you and know more about your art and your art therapy what's the best way to contact you well if you want to just shoot me an email it's kathy dot art is therapy at gmail.com and or you can check out my website it's www.art is therapy hyphen kunst ist therapy that's german for artist therapy.com <laughs> and um yeah i would love to hear from you um and we can work together in my studio i also drive around for art therapy and visit people in their homes or facilities where they live. Amazing. Thank you very much for sharing that and for your time and your story, Kathy. I'm so looking forward to chat with you again. And everybody Wait. tuning in, tell I me. I have two freebies. Oh, share it, yeah, please. <clears throat> okay, one freebie is if you're far away from me, you can have a one 50-minute session art therapy online. Um, and another, if you're close by, you can do it with me in my studio. And the other freebie is ah, on July 2nd or July 16th, uh, you can have two free concert tickets for a concert in my studio and a studio tour. Yeah. Um, and I would love, yeah, if you watch this and you want to join, just, you know, message me in Instagram or Facebook or write an email, kathy.icorn at, at kathy at artist therapy at gmail.com thank you so much we'll definitely check it thank okay. you Katy, very much thank you
Thanks we so keep in touch. Happy yeah. and safe travels, Happy everybody. Yeah. Bye. Let's go. Thank so <laughs> Bye. Thank Bye-bye. you, Nikati. Bye. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For new adventures every week, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. For more travel coach insights, follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Sonia Cruz Oro. Happy travels!